Greetings, Adoration family. Well, look here. We're in the month of November. This is the next to last episode that we will be doing on Adoration. And what I've done is taken an excerpt from a lesson that my wife and I shared on what we call Mac and Myra Sunday service. And we focused on William McDowell's Withholding Nothing to just analyze the song and see if it is actually gospel-approved, God-recommended, and fire-baptized. Please enjoy the conversation. You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. When Christians Speak Talk Radio is a non-profit ministry. We are dedicated to spreading the gospel of Jesus through our programs and special guests. We exist through the generous support of our listeners. If you are being blessed through this ministry and would like to give a love offering, go to our website and click on our donation page. Your donation will be processed through PayPal. Our prayer is that you may prosper, be in good health, even as your soul prospers. When Christians Speak Talk Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. So all of your gifts to this ministry are tax deductible. So go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com, and click on our donation page. The love of Jesus has changed my life. I've seen his beauty and heard his word. Now I worship at the feet of Christ who redeemed me with his own Body. I have found a way home. 
praise the Lord, everybody. Well, you know what? This is a setup we have not done in quite a while. Um, I think when Myra and I were first uh, doing these uh, Facebook Lives, I think we used to sit by the piano in our living room where we're at now and um, try to come up with some kind of crazy angles uh, so that we could look halfway decent. So I'm not sure how this looks. I'm not sure how it's going to sound, but we needed to get this going um, because we're going to do something really, really special for the rest of the year into the first part of next year because you guys... You heard my cry and you responded uh, with songs that we are going to go through. We're going to talk about them. We're going to uh, prayerfully come up with um, some scriptures that back uh, that actually back up what's being said. Hey, Susan, good to see you. Um, so if I'm not responding as much on Facebook, it's because I'm going to have to play uh, this song that we are working on today, which is called Withholding Nothing. And this is uh, written by William McDowell. Let me just go through a little housekeeping here as we uh, move on. Hey, Talita, good to see you as well. So today... We are going to break down Withholding Nothing by William McDowell, and it was submitted by our very own Liz Prince, um, and so that's going to be today. Then following that, uh, we're going to do He's Got the Whole World in His Hands, and that was submitted by Gloria Thompson. Then the following week, which is uh, November 19th, we're going to do Oh Mary, Don't You Weep. All right, and then that will lead us into, oh, sorry, Gloria submitted that song too. So, Oh Mary, Don't You Weep. Then Dayon Cadness uh, came up with Because He Lives. So, I like that one. Uh, that will be on November 26th. Then Gloria comes back with uh, two songs over the next uh, two weeks, which are I'm Over It Now by Marvin Winans. That's on December 3rd. And also, You Just Don't Want to Know, which uh, will take place on December 10th. Uh, then we have My Tribute to God Be the Glory is How We Know It uh, by Andre Crouch. And that's submitted by Sheila Jordan. That will be December 17th. After December 17th, we're going to take a little bit of a break for the holidays, and we will come back on January 9th with Blessed Assurance, which was written, co-written by Fanny Crosby, who did the words, and Phoebe Knapp, who did the music, and um, we'll do that, and then I think we might be through with the music part, so... Um, I actually invited Liz to come on. Uh, I'm not sure if she is going to be able to actually make it live. We know that we have some competition with uh, 
the um, Eagles and Cowboys. Nevertheless, uh, we are going to press forward and I'm going to be quiet for a moment as Myra prays us in. And then we're going to just start by just breaking down this song and talking about it. It's going to be a little bit different because it won't just be Myra saying her piece and then I come behind her. We're going to try to make this interactive. And if we see your questions, we're going to try to respond to those or your comments. All right, Myra, it's on you. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for the blessing of your Son, Jesus. Thank you for all that will come to pass today as we talk about music and how it expresses our love for you, Father, and how it is important to know that the words are true to your desire for us to sing, not just anything, but because you deserve the very best, Father. So we thank you for the opportunity to encourage and to let others know if they're missing the mark by listening to certain things. But whatever it is, Father, we do it in love and we thank you for this opportunity to share the word and to share your love at all times. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. All right, we got Angel. Good to see you, son. Now, um... Let me just kind of open this up with um, some things that I, I looked up. I'm trying to find my notes here. I got stuff all over the place, so forgive me, guys. Um, so, again, this song was written by William McDowell, and I want to talk just for a moment musically, just as a musician, uh, or, <laughs> sorry, as a wannabe musician, um, this is really not the normal type of song where you have verses, chorus, vamp, because there really are no verses in this song. It's If I were to play this in a public setting, it would actually be uh, probably an introduction to another song that I might do uh, in conjunction with it that will have more lyrical content. Uh, this song, I was looking at it, um, and forgive me again, it's either in the key of F or B flat. It's in one of them. But this song basically has, uh, I guess, five parts. So it has an introduction, which I'm not going to worry about. Hey, Leon, good to see you. Um, so it has an introduction, then it immediately starts with a chorus, um, which I'm going to do on the piano in a moment. And um, then from the chorus, it goes in what we call a vamp. So I'm actually calling it vamp one because there are actually two vamps. So then it goes into vamp one and then a vamp two and then it ends. You get the, the final part. And so just for a moment, I want to just give you a piece of the first part. This is the actual chorus that starts the song. I see Leon is saying that's one of his favorite songs. Forgive me if I butcher it. Um, I'm just looking at this thing. I, I spent a day with it, but I, I really haven't really gotten it into 
my spirit all the way yet as as far as playing it is concerned. But basically, um, and guys, let me know. I'm going to cut on my my microphone so uh, because when I play the piano, it it gets really loud and you won't be able to hear the words. But um, the one thing I, I like about this is that it starts off with a word that I really like, and that word is surrender. So here we go, guys. I'm just kind of stalling because, believe it or not, it's kind of nervous when I have to look at this uh, camera and play at the same time. I'd rather be just in a live audience where I'm not even thinking about the people. But now that I know that everybody's looking at me, I'm a little nervous. But here we go. It just goes. I of what that might mean to us. And so take it away, my dear. Oh, you got me on the spot. It's not that you're going to start. But the word surrender, you know, when I thought about that, I actually looked it up to get a clearer definition. And it talked about yielding, giving up, and submitting. And I went to a scripture, and one of the scriptures I went to was Luke 14, 33. Whosoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now that's true surrender, but what does that look like? How does that walk? How is that walked out? Because Paul is a perfect example of that. You know, Mac loves Paul because he he talks about in Philippians, especially in Philippians, is where I was most of this this study. He said that he, that his chains, he had chains that he is carrying around because of the Lord. 
because he's in bondage to him. And but it's it's not enforced, it's it's his voluntary form of worship that he has those chains, that my chains are in the Lord. No one would say that if they were in bondage because of strife or, or torment or something. He says, my chains are in the Lord. It's not about the physical. It's more about the spiritual because his heart is, is so embedded in the Lord. And he can express it no other way but to say, it's, I, I have these chains, but they're in the Lord. He says, so now also Christ, this is also in Philippians, will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now he's given up his life. That's the rendering that that could also fall over to the we're holding, but I won't go there <laughs> until he, he, you know, I want to give him some something to say. <laughs> but I love the part where it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Because when we're surrendering, we're giving up all of our natural self, and we're giving into whatever Christ wants. So how can we do that unless we are in this relationship and we let him, his mind, be in control. Because if it's not, you know, we're we're going to be thinking things out and saying, well, I'm going to give him this, but maybe not that. But when you truly surrender, you're giving up your reputation. Because that's what Paul did. Because he had a reputation of being this Pharisee of Pharisee. Uh, he's, he's giving up, you know, he's giving up his lineage, everything. And that's interesting because, you know, this is a little bit off, but I just thought of it. When someone says to you who you are, and we've talked about that before. I remember years ago when, when I got saved and I wrote something. And it's in it, and I can't remember exactly how it goes, but I know that I said, I'm a Christian who happens to be a black woman. But that wasn't important. The first thing that was important was I was a Christian. So we give up our identity because when we think about it, if we're going to be led by our ethnicity or our, or our gender, we're not giving up anything. We're allowing those, those um, titles to be in charge. But when we say we are Christian, Who's in charge? Christ is in charge. So we're truly surrendering. If not, we're saying, well, my ethnicity is important to me. My, my femininity is important to me. No, that's secondary. And I want to walk in that ethnicity and my femininity based on being a Christian and what Christ says. So... That's it for now. Because <laughs> I right. can go on and on. Yeah, so you have to realize this is different for us because normally we're used to just giving the whole shebang in one shot. And we're actually trying to dialogue with you guys. And I, I want to read um, uh, a couple of things that Leon uh, has um, put out there. So first of all, other than acknowledging as one of his favorite songs... Um, 
He also says, anything we do for God is a sweet aroma. And I, I, I like that. Uh, you know, um, you know, um, we, we, I think biblically we say a sweet, sweet savor to his nostrils when we talk in those biblical terms. Um, but yeah, I mean, we know that, or we should know that when we are, let me change that. We should know that we are worthless without him. So when the writer is saying that I surrender all, I mean, you know, a lot of times we just look at it, you know, well, okay, I'm giving my, my body, I'm, I'm, I'm giving my heart, I'm giving, but we're, we're also turning over our wickedness. We're, we're turning over our pride, our egos, because they can no longer exist in a relationship with Almighty Christ. And with any song, I'm going to tell you, any song that says surrender, I'm going to automatically uh, be piqued. My interest is, is going to be piqued because that's a powerful word. And it's a, it's a hard word for us to actually really abide by because you can have a great day and you think that you surrendered, and then the next day you might not be quite there. So, so anything that encourages us to keep that process of surrender is really positive. And I do have some uh, scriptures, actually two passages of scripture that I'm going to talk about a little later. But you know when he says. Everything I give to you, I mean, it's everything, all of my problems, all of my circumstances, everything I give to you. This, to me, is the perfect introduction into, as I said earlier, um, a more detailed worship type song that glorifies God. Um what I also like, and this is just the first part, I'm getting ready to do the, the, the second part of this thing in a moment. But what I really like about this is that it is acknowledging the one that we're surrendering to, that he is worth that surrender. Many times we're asking God to give us something, but in this song, we're the ones who are actually in the giving mode because God has already given us everything when he gave us Christ. So I like it when we flip the script and basically say, instead of asking what God can do for us, this is what we're going to do for you. Draw nigh to him and he will draw nigh to you. It's always been one of my favorite passages. So then, so that was the chorus. This thing starts off with a chorus, you know, after the introduction, and then it goes into the vamp. And let me see. I'm uh, just, uh, let me mic up for a moment. So here we go. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. 
when we go into that that part, Myra, it's really just a continuation of the the first part. It's like, okay, I'm surrendering, and you know, I'm telling you, okay, everything I give to you, and it's kind of like a, a affirmation. It's it's like putting a stamp on this thing. You know, because we went to, I surrender to, I give. I give you all of me. All of me. Now, Susan, let me see. Susan is saying, a daily surrender acknowledges we are nothing without him, capital H, and a complete dependency on him for everything in our lives. Susan, maybe we ought to have you sitting here. We got to get you out of, um, where, where, wait a minute. Maine? No, Massachusetts. We got to get you out of Massachusetts and you got to come on over here to Baltimore and sit with us. But, but that is absolutely correct. I just love that transition, Myra, from, you know, I surrender all to you. Now I give you all of me. It is an affirmation. It is literally a command of oneself. I give you all of me. And hey, Noah, I see you. And so the, one of the, the purposes for doing this with these songs is because there are a lot of songs that fall under the Christian label. And they look like Christian. They kind of sound like Christian, but when you get into the lyrical content, sometimes it's not always biblically accurate. And I'm, I'm kind of holding off what um, uh, I'm going to share, but the main thing is that you can never go wrong when you acknowledge how dependent you are and how much of a provider he is. And I don't know if you have anything to, to add to that, darling. No. No? Okay. So, you know, that was one of the things um, I wish I had Liz here to, because it was her song that she brought up to give us her impressions on why she chose this song. But because she's one of my best friends and I feel like I understand that worship side of her, I'm going to just kind of speak a little bit on her behalf because I know her history and I know from where she came from without spilling the beans. I'm not putting people's business out there. But, you know, when you overcome circumstances in your life and you finally get to the crossroads and the only other thing that you never really considered was Christ and then you finally, even begrudgingly, I'm going to give God a try. And he actually, uh, as Liz would say, he actually does the thing or does the do. And, and, and he just does it in ways that, you know, you can never, ever expect. And I'm, I can't speak for William McDowell, although actually I can because I actually wrote down why he wrote this. Maybe it's a good time to go to that. So here's what 
William McDowell said himself, he says um, the inspiration behind withholding nothing came from a deep desire to create a worship song that would lead people into a place of complete surrender to God. Now, William McDowell wanted to encourage believers to let go of anything that would hinder them from fully experiencing God's presence and to give themselves fully to him. Oh, oh we got Maria Stanfield in the house. Now, let me say something real quick. Maria, the extraordinaire, she is a businesswoman. She is a leader in her church. She is a mover and shaker and just happens to be humble enough to um, be my friend, be our friend. <laughs> so I, I feel like when uh, Maria gets on, we're in high cotton. But seriously, guys, when we are talking about I surrender all, you know, we have to mean it. You know, the hymn also says, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all, all, not some, not when we feel like it, none of that. What's Maria saying? Thank you, my brother. I love you both so much. Honored to be here. We are honored to have you. I'm telling you guys, she is one that if we were to create like, um, you know, they had the end of the year list on the, the top 100 people. Maria is hitting that list. She's done some miraculous things um, with her ministry, with her life, with her business. Encouraging. In fact, real quick story that the reason that we're doing some of the things that we're doing now is because I huddled up with Maria a few years ago and said, what am I going to do? Do I still work? Do I go out and trust God? And she was one of the ones to actually encourage me to go with my heart. And yes, to God be the glory. So, you know, when we talk about I surrender all, uh, I'm going to go into this last part. Well, not quite the last part, but let me just, it's just feeling so good, Myra. I just want to, you know, uh, for those that are just coming in. So it just goes, Oh, sorry. See, there you go. Myra's giving me the mic. Okay. I surrender to you.
point that we've dealt with so far. And that leads us into the last part of this song. Forgive me, guys. I got papers all over the place. Um, but it goes into... Sorry, I keep unliking. Um, it goes into this last part, which is like the second vamp in music terms. So I'm going to microphone up again. And... It goes... came into the midst of the enemy because she had a reputation and giving yourself totally to Christ you you have to be vulnerable because everyone's not going to be raising you up and saying oh that's wonderful they're going to look at your lifestyle what you were doing yesterday even though today you rejected that they're going to talk about you uh, even if you don't have a, a great testimony of drinking and drugging, but they're going to say something like, oh, who does she think she is? Who does he think he is? You know, they're all this, you know, they're God's person. It's always going to be some kind of attack. And so you're going to be vulnerable and you really have to trust God that with through the faith that he truly is going to be with you and walk alongside of you and that relationship will be greater than any other relationship that's earthly because it's more internal so this woman walks into this atmosphere of these men probably dressed the way she always dresses because you know we come the way we are <laughs> and it, it's just a signal of what her life was but she takes the most precious thing she has most costly thing and does she sell it so she can give him money? No, she uses it to, to, to just adore him, to bathe him in this, this aroma, along with her tears. She, so she's taken something costly from the world, but also the tears from her own eyes that express the depth of her love for this Christ. Mm. And these people are looking at her and they're not seeing what Christ sees. They're seeing a woman that they consider sinful and, you know, saying how, you know, how can he touch the, allow her to touch him? So you have to be vulnerable and really put your faith in Christ because there will be things that will be told to your spirit, that will speak to your spirit, that will be so out of order in the world, believe me, 
It'll be so out of, it'll make other people more uncomfortable because people don't like it when you change. But when you come into that relationship, your vulnerability spills over into trust. Mm -hmm. And you say, whatever I have, that withholding nothing, I'm going to give it. And sometimes with her, it was this, this ointment. And you say, what's the ointment about? That's just a thing. But it expresses, it was her way of expressing her adoration, her worship. Mm -hmm. Because in their custom, that's something that they would say for a burial or some special occasion. He's sitting at a, a meal, sitting at, around discussing things with these men who are really listening, wanting to, you know, pull on him more than anything else, but not to adore him. Because what does he say? Did they wash his feet? Did they kiss? No. They just wanted to pull on him. But she came to give to him, to adore him. And that took vulnerability in the enemy's camp because the other people in that group were not on her side. They were against her because of what they had seen her and what they called her and what they saw with their eyes. But Christ saw it in her heart and he loved her. And he forgave her. And she was vulnerable enough to receive that, to take that chance. Amen. Wow, I got so enthralled. <laughs> I, I got, look, got kind of lost in uh, what she was saying. I want to just uh, go back uh, for a moment to the, the one part of this song that I appreciate more than anything else. So I'm going I'm to do it again. And actually, I'm going to just kind of close it out um, because we have, we have to also remember what the name of this song is is Withholding Nothing okay so bear with me one more time we're going to do this musically one more time uh oh wait a minute good to see you Dayon um, so um King Jesus my Savior forever think that you have to immediately start with something upbeat, something, you know, 
we would say, oh, you got to start with a praise song. But no, um, I think the smart music minister would want to make sure that the atmosphere is even conducive for God. I'm actually one that starts off with the quieter music to lead into the more upbeat because it's no way in the world that I'm going to lead off with just praise when I haven't even acknowledged my my worship of him. So the part I was telling you about is that this is the song or this is the part of the song where we know exactly who William McDowell is talking about. He says, King Jesus, my savior forever. See, see, a lot of these contemporary Christian songs now, they use he, him, and it could be anybody. It could be a lover. It doesn't even have to be God, right? It could be a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, the way that they, they write these songs. But when William McDowell then says, King Jesus, my savior forever, that is a, man, that is a declaration. That is a war cry even to the enemy that uh-uh, none of this nonsense is going to happen here because I'm with King Jesus. And and so when he uh, finishes with that part, again, we go back to, then I give you all of me. And then to just confirm it and how the song ends, withholding nothing. That's a process, y'all. Um, many people are still in that process trying to, you know, look, let, let me help you guys out. Um, in this life, you're never going to get it completely 100% right. What you need to understand is where is your heart when you don't get it right? that determines where you stand in Christ. Because tomorrow, is, any of us could make a mistake. We could fall short. But if we have committed our lives to him, if we are in the state of mind of withholding nothing, we won't withhold our sin. We won't withhold our mistakes. And we will also understand that we're not bound by them anymore if we understand that Jesus already paid the debt. And that's the part that I want to be understood more than anything else. If the debt has been paid, he covered the mistake that you're going to make 20 years from now. That He's already dealt with that. That doesn't mean that we go around just flippantly just sinning just to sin. But know that we do have a loving God, a merciful God. He is King Jesus, our Savior, forever. And if he is, he will provide for us, even at that at the lowest points of our lives. Excuse me, guys. Um, when we cry out for him, he will incline his ear. And this kind of perfectly leads into uh, the scripture that I want to read. Let me immediately 
when I thought about this song, I immediately went to Romans 12, 1, 2. It is just the place to go because it says here, and I'm reading from the um, English Standard Version, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Man, um, when we talk about Romans 12, and I know that this is like a common scripture we talk about it all the time, Leon. We talk about it all the time, Dayan. We talk about it all the time, Maria, Sonia. We talk about this passage, but listen to what it's really saying that this is the Apostle Paul, who Myra has already claimed is my favorite, okay, but he's making an appeal to the brethren by the mercies of God. So right there, there's an acknowledgement that we're going to need his mercies, okay? That we present our bodies to him. Now, in the old covenant, they would present clean, you know, clean animals, animals that would be acceptable for sacrifice, unblemished, untouched. That would be the sacrifice in the old covenant. But see, God understood that no one animal, no matter how clean, could ever cover a multitude of our sins. I see you, Janae. Hey, Nisi Poo. All right. No one animal could do that. And so God, in his infinite wisdom, presents us with Jesus Christ and he had to come in human form because there had to be a body that was innocent, unblemished, unsinful, that would pay the debt for us for good. Not every year like they had to do when they had to go to Jerusalem to be prayed over by the high priest. Jesus comes as the highest of priests to cover every sin imaginable, not only during his day and before his day on earth, but also for now, for the future, all of it. Janae, all of our sin is washed away, nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And this is what being uh, that sacrifice, and this is what William McDowell is actually saying. I'm giving everything. It's like I am laying my own body on the heaping coals that it might be burned and cleansed to atone for evilness. Hey, Ray Rose, look, this is 
This is incredible stuff here, but it says that we have to be living sacrifices, which means that the sacrifices that we make unto God don't have to kill us. It doesn't have to kill us, but we will endure the things that Jesus endured. We will be hated for his name's sake. We will be despised for his name's sake. We will be criticized, spit upon. We will suffer. It's part of the deal. It's part of the package. But know this, guys, that when we endure to the end, and when I'm talking about endure to the end, that's prophetically into the future, when we are finally at that place where we are in his presence, we will be saved. We will be saved from the penalty of sin. And it will be our names that will be written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the beauty of all this. So when William McDowell is talking about everything I give to you withholding nothing, that's the place that we should all be striving to get to. Listen to what he says, because when we put ourselves in that place as the offering unto God, that sweet savor, that sweet smell that Myra was talking about, then it gives us the requirements on how to get there. Not to be conformed to this world. So this world has nothing on us. We don't desire the selfishness of this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's where it goes, really, our souls, because that's who we are. And it is in that transformation that we are no longer a part of the world. And that's how we can be a sacrifice and yet still live. And it will give us a discernment of what is God's will. And this is key because many people say they know God, but their actions prove they have no idea who God is and what he is capable of, and quite frankly, what he would never be capable of. And if we are doing our part to draw nigh to him as this living sacrifice, he's going to do his part to draw nigh to us as well. And those things become good, acceptable, and my favorite word, perfect. So I'm going to let Myra have it in a moment, but I always have to play the other side of the coin. So I went to Proverbs uh, 21 verses 1 through 3. So listen to this. It says in Proverbs 21, 1 through 3, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. In other words, God can direct our course. He can change the currents from one direction to another. See, I like that. 
You know, because that lets me know that I don't have to worry about controlling things because God's got this if I surrender. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you so that I can be this stream of water that God directs. All right? Then it says in verse 2 of Proverbs 21, it says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the heart. Oh my goodness, Myra. I, 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 read, I, I read that and I'm just going, you know, it is so true. We have our way of justifying things. We have our way of signifying things. And for us, it seems to make common sense. But to God, he doesn't look at any of that stuff. He examines what's inside of us. Then in verse 3, says, To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Now, I'm going to tell you, you would think on the surface that would contradict all this sacrificing that we've already talked about through the uh, William McDowell song, but actually it makes all the sense in the world because the sacrifice is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. You see, the, the sacrifice is just where we start. That's why the, the uh, going back to Romans 12, it says that's just our reasonable service. Okay, that's the sacrifice. But to do righteousness and justice, that's the meat on the bone. I, I read this and I was like, my mind was blown. Marita, I have to go by her Spanish name. Marita, I just, I read that and I said, oh my goodness, that's it. That's it. Because righteousness just simply means to do what is right by God. Justice in the way that this is defined is to be just as God would be just. That doesn't give us the right to judge people, but we can be just in our own actions. And so when you put that all together, um, it, it gives us the, the blueprint on how to live this life on earth. It, it just simply means we surrender. Okay. And once we surrender, we become living sacrifices. Our minds are transformed. Look at Leon said, yeah, give me the meat, my brother. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm just teasing y'all because we got to have fun when we do this. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the sacrifice part is just the beginning. Because think about this. Going back to the old covenant to when Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac. He went through every step in order to present the perfect sacrifice at that point unto God. Okay, he did everything. And of course, we know that in the end, God provided by having the, the ram in the thicket, as the Bible would say, 
And that became the sacrifice. But this is the part that people gloss over. He would have gone through it. He would have gone through it. Okay, so flip that to the new covenant life that we live now. We literally say, I'm throwing my body over the hot coals and whatever happens, happens. It's like the 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 Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace, right? They, they, they said, you know, hey, our God is, I'm paraphrasing, but our God is mighty. He can do anything. He can rescue us. But they also say, nevertheless, if he doesn't, he is still worthy. That's the part that separates the casual saint from the real McCoy. Hey, Sheila, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole piece of this thing, you know, that that the, the, the sacrifice. So what does this mean in reference to William McDowell's song? That's why I said this is the way you open your worship service. Mm -hmm. In sacrifice, but then you go to other ways of expression of worship that speak to the righteousness and justice of God, his authority, not for the things he's done for us, but just his authority, his majesty. And those songs, you know, I'm going to let Myra uh, uh, take over in a moment. But listen, when I go to places that call themselves houses of worship, I'm all into the song list. I'm into what are they trying to establish here. See, it's not just that you got great musicians, and don't get me started on great musicians, and I will. I am going to do it. All right? All right? So number one, for all the the worship singers that feel like they make a whole uh, um, profession on doing runs and doing vocal gymnastics, you're not even understanding the point of the music. The music should be plainer because ultimately you're looking for a corporate experience in the song. When, when I mean, I'm singing this solo here, but I hope that you guys will sing it along with me because this is a song that ushers in group participation. And that's what this music is for. It was never meant to be a solo project. It was never meant to make money. It was meant to bring people to the place of worship, to, to, to understand what it takes to even get in God's face. So I, I take these things very, very seriously, y'all. And when we play around with this stuff or we try to put the world into our music, you're not understanding the, the, the true purpose. What's Maria saying? She's saying, truly enjoyed my time with you this evening. Oh, she has to jump off. Yeah, you stay encouraged as well. But yeah, so Leon, I, I am going to speak to this because... Again, this is part of this exercise for the next few weeks as we go through different songs. Uh, I think we can justify, this is a good song. Mm -hmm. This is a good song. 
I'm not going to be critical in any way of it. It's creative. It does what it's supposed to do. It was never meant to be something that had a whole bunch of verses like a hymn. It was meant to usher. And it's doing exactly that. Um, just playing this over the last day and a half has really touched me um, because I really don't get to know a piece of music until I actually sit down and play it. Then I'm really into it because if I'm just listening, you know, on the radio or on, on, you know, my phone or whatever, I might not be all that into it. But when I have to really think about it and see if I can even use this song in a worship experience, now I'm thinking about it. So guys, as I get ready to turn this over to Myra, just understand this. When you go into your houses of worship, there should be an expectation that the motivation is to get you in the face of Almighty God. And the music can be a very important part of that, not the whole part. The word will always supersede the music. But when you can match the word with the music, that is so good. And it makes preaching so easy. It makes uh, exhorting so easy. It makes praising so easy because you're just in the flow. And I love that William McDowell has given us this beautiful song to just flow into what I would hope would be a more significant statement of God's glory in this land. So you, babe. <laughs> I almost did Romans. And something kept pausing. It was like, okay. So I stayed in Philippians. And Philippians is still Paul. And he's talking about the loss, but there's also a gain. When we die to ourselves, it says, have no confidence in the flesh and you have to give up something and his whole life exemplified giving up because he had that position he had the lineage he had that worldly righteousness which caused him to be an enemy of the people of the way and he had to give all that up but what things I have counted he says I counted as loss for Christ Loss of all things, he has the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not my righteousness. So when we get into that worship and we recognize that he is king, he is our Lord, he is our Savior, all those things that we thought were very important don't become important anymore. Because in everything that we do outside of Christ, it's, it's really our righteousness. Even, even if we, you know, we go to the, to the food bank and we help people on the street and we do all these things. But a lot of that is our own righteousness. It's not necessarily for Christ. Not, I won't say everyone, but there's that, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing for Christ. But he says he has lost all of that. Because it's worth it. And then the hard part, which seems hard, but it's a reality. The way he ends that I may know him and the power of his sufferings and the fellowship of his death being conformed to his death. If by any means 
I may attain in the resurrection from the dead. You're like, oh, that sounds, that's a downer. But no, it isn't. That's the reality. Because to know him is to die, but have a death that is supernatural. And it's all joined together in him. Because we can't, we don't need to die the death that he died. But there's so much in us that we have to lose it to gain the knowledge of the excellence in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. And that's what I see in this song because when I was listening to it, because as, as he said, I heard it before, but since Beck has been singing it and playing it all week, <laughs> I two days, really, two days, two days. It seems like all week. <laughs> so when you really get into the words and the spirit of it, you go, it takes you to the word. It takes you to the word to understand where is that coming from? And he said it himself in, in his own words. It's a way of worship and acknowledging that God is and that there are things we have to let go of to attain, to gain Christ. Because if it's all about us, and that's some of the songs we sing. Look what you did for me, and I'm gonna, you've done this, and and it's like get out of ourselves. <laughs> And get into Christ. Because I know myself personally, when I, I go through things and I feel really down, it just, you know, it's my, my nature. It's part of who I am. There's scriptures I say to myself, you know, restore to me the joy of your salvation. You know, the things that, and it, and it happens. God is supernatural. And I can go through the day and I've got it. I'm like, where did that come from? You just asked for it. Because in myself, I'm 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 living in a world that sometimes disappoints, sometimes pulls me, mm -hmm. sometimes I feel down. It's part of our natural self. No one can be exempt from the our own weaknesses, but Christ can overcome that. That's that's part of the, the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Because we can overcome because of him, not because of ourselves. And we want to withhold nothing from him because he deserves the very best. He should be our focus in everything. And this, especially the part where he's talking about he's king, exhorting who he is, that makes this song reflect the true adoration and worship we have for Christ. Because he should be our all in all. Not the things we go through and how he got me through. And, and you know, I was <laughs> down. You know, as a person who lived in depression for a number of years of my life, when you hear stuff like that, it just makes you feel bad. I, it does. Because it reminds you of what you've been going through. So why are you, you know, putting people through that? Some people can hear that. It doesn't involve them at all. But people who are prone to depression... It's like, oh, yeah, because I went through this. and oh, I mean, I, That's defeating the purpose of a song that you hope is going to bring life. That's not life, that's death. But we acknowledge that, God, I surrender all to you. I give my all to you. I'm not holding nothing back. Take this jump that's trying to control my life 
and put on the things of Christ because you have the power to do that. I can't do that in my own strength. I don't have that in me, but I have it in the form of the Holy Spirit in me. But I have to get, he's part of the giving, you know, give myself over to him. It's all part of the whole package. <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a daily thing. Don't go down that rabbit hole. And some music can bring you into that hole again. But when you're at adoring Christ and acknowledge who, whom he is, it changes the atmosphere. It brings you into the reality that this is a life that is in Christ. And that's what we gained when we gave everything up. We put it in his hands. And it's transforming us into the likeness of him from the inside out. Because it's an internal relationship. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're getting ready to uh, wrap this up. Uh, one of the things when Myra was in... Um, Philippians, I wanted to be clearly understood. It's with the power, mm -hmm. the, the same power raised that raised Jesus. Mm -hmm. That same power is available to us. And when William McDowell is talking about the surrender, as I said, that, that's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. I, I like that uh, part in Psalm, excuse me, that Psalm, uh, Proverbs 21, where it just talks about righteousness and justice, because those are like the next steps after this sacrifice that we're making. The, the sacrifice is just the beginning, but it's, it's really, all that's really saying is then, it's, okay, how are we going to live moving forward? So, um... I think it would be apropos to just close out with a little bit of the song. And um, if you guys are wherever you are, you want to just kind of sing it with us, and that's fine. Um, I'm just going to kind of do the part. I, I just can't get past the King Jesus part, so I'm just going to go there and close out in whatever way God has us close. So... <laughs> My Savior at this song maybe differently than you had before since uh, I'm a mess with Leon since Leon uh, since it's one of his favorite songs 
I I hope that maybe there's something in there that we said that even took whatever you liked about it to even a greater degree. Um, Dayon, love you, dear. Um, there were some other people. Deetra, if you're still there, love you, my sister. Philip Howell, love you, my brother. Everybody that has been on there, if I don't call your name and I miss you, please forgive us. Um, but we want to just acknowledge um, everybody here. And as we always do, it'll be available on YouTube. If you just go to um, Adoration Talk Radio on YouTube, you can get all this content. And guys, we love you. God bless you and keep you in his perfect peace with our minds stayed on him. God bless you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.